welcome into A to Z Sports Prime Time on a Sunday night from the DraftKings Sportsbook Studios. I'm your host, Buck Rising, and I'm proud, as always, to be presented to you by the fine folks at Two Rivers Ford. Two Rivers Ford. I'm heading out to Two Rivers Ford tomorrow, as a matter of fact. I am going to explore what new vehicle options they have for me. I'm going to explore trading in my vehicle. Two Rivers Ford. I trust Two Rivers Ford with all of my business, and I'll tell you more about their great offers later on. In Mount Juliet is where you can visit them or online at tworiversford.com. DraftKings Sportsbook. Promo code A to Z Sports on what remains of this Christmas weekend because there still is technically a day left. They'll have great promos for you for the rest of the week and a big one tonight that I'll tell you more about later. A to Z Sports is the promo code in your DraftKings Sportsbook app. The Ashton Real Estate Group of REMAX Advantage, GaryAshton.com. That's where you go for your dream address without the stress. That's where you go to get the best intel in Middle Tennessee on all of the great real estate properties in Middle Tennessee at GaryAshton.com. And of course, you know Brymac Mechanical will put you in a position to succeed satisfaction. Guaranteed at B-R-Y-M-A-K, brymac.com on all of your HVAC needs. So, a lot of different things to get into tonight and something that I uh, that we got to discuss, right? Because obviously, it's been a, a fair amount of time since we have last met as a primetime show. I know I did radio on Friday after the Titans beat the 49ers, but not all of you guys listen to the radio show. That's okay. I still love you. Now we're back and we have to talk about this, where things stand in the playoff push. So, number of different things this weekend after Thursday night football, which of course the Titans did win, that you needed to take place. You had the ability to clinch a playoff position this weekend. And it's still very much within your grasp, but there are some different things that now have not fallen in their favor. doesn't mean it's a bad thing. They're still in the pole position. It just means that they've got to handle business on their own. So after beating the Niners on Thursday night football, 20-17, to a couple of interceptions of Jimmy G, and of course, A.J. Brown dominating in spectacular fashion, a couple of different things that you needed to have happen this week. You needed Arizona, the Cardinals, to beat Indianapolis on their home turf in Phoenix. That didn't happen on Saturday night. In fact, Indianapolis, I mean, got super lucky. A bunch of missed field goals in that game against Arizona. They couldn't get out of their own way. They really, really struggled. They have struggled. 0-2 in these two games without DeAndre Hopkins. And the best team in, in the sport, we thought, seems to have some serious flaws without him. You needed the Steelers to beat the Chiefs today. That, of course, did not happen in the Later afternoon slate, Kansas City dummied Ben Roethlisberger and the Steelers in Arrowhead Stadium. So that did not go your way. But you did get one favorable result. The uh, the Buffalo Bills went to New England and beat the Patriots. So at least one result trending in a positive direction. Now, they will still they still technically have the door open to the one seed, but it is incredibly difficult to do. So at this point... It really looks like you're playing for your division at this point for back-to-back AFC South titles. Now, what we're going to get into is who at this point is the greatest threat to Tennessee in the conference, in the AFC. It's your Two Rivers Ford take. Who is the biggest threat to the Titans in the AFC right now? Let me know 
on Facebook, on Twitter, on YouTube, and on Twitch. We'll talk about it together. Your Two Rivers Ford take in on this Sunday evening. After watching today's games, we got the Washington football team uh, losing by 21 at Dallas right now. Doesn't look like things are trending in the right direction for the mighty football team at six and eight. And I believe Dallas, I believe Dallas clinched a postseason berth today based on the other results in the NFL. I'm pretty sure I got that notification correct. But let's focus on the Titan side of things. Let's focus on the Titan side of the bracket, and let's look at the AFC. Who's the biggest threat to the Tennessee Titans right now? Uh, I'm going to give you my answer momentarily right after I tell you about Two Rivers Ford. Now, I told you, I'm going out to Two Rivers Ford tomorrow. I took the day off radio because I work Friday. Obviously, we're going to do primetime because it's a little quicker, a little easier. But just like primetime is quicker, easier, more direct, that's exactly the same kind of business that you will experience when you go out to Two Rivers Ford focused on you first and foremost as the customer like they have been for nearly 40 years since 1983 two rivers ford in mount juliet is the best car dealership in the state i'm convinced and it's because they have award-winning customer service non-commissioned sales staff so you get no pressure put on you throughout the course of the car buying experience there are so many different reasons why two rivers ford is the best and by the way I'm going out to explore new vehicle options for me. If the exact car that I want is not on the lot, I can do the Built For You program and build the exact Ford that I want with any customizable features and get it delivered right to my door. They don't just do that for me. They do that for you too at Two Rivers Ford in Mount Juliet or online at tworiversford.com. So who's the biggest threat to the Titans right now in the AFC. Steven Crozio, I think I'm pronouncing that correctly, says Chiefs are Exodia, obliterating everything. Well, I don't know what Exodia is, but they certainly took down the Pittsburgh Steelers today. I mean, you just, and it's not, it looks worse than the box score actually did. What Kansas City did at home against Pittsburgh. They've clinched the AFC West again. Everything seems to be trending in the right direction for the Chiefs. And it really mirrors, I mean, the last time they won the Super Bowl. It mirrors this in a number of different ways. And I I, I want you to imagine, well, let me let me ask you, let's play a little trivia, shall we? Um, let me mute this pop-up quickly from ESPN. Let's play a little trivia. In 2019, the same year that the Chiefs went on to win the Super Bowl, do you remember what 2009, what the 2019 season had in common and now what the 2021 season has in common for Kansas City? There's one thing in particular, one thing that stands out, and of course, it's locally based. So you know that's a big, that's a massive hint. I'm giving it to you. It has something to do with the Titans. Can anybody tell me in the comments section what the 2019 Super Bowl run for the Chiefs has in common? with the run that they're currently on this season as they now have clinched the AFC West yet again. There is one thing that uh, that has, that connects these two seasons. Andrew Reid has it right. The last loss that the Chiefs experienced in 2019 before going on to win the Super Bowl was here in Nashville. It was at Nissan Stadium. The last loss, if, I, if, I, uh, if memory serves, and I'll pull up their schedule, Right now, if memory serves, the last loss that these Kansas City Chiefs took was 27-3 to 
in Nashville back in, I believe that was week, uh, week seven for the Kansas City Chiefs, 27 to three. It's the last time they've lost a game. And since then, all that they have done is rattle off eight straight wins. Guys, There is, it is crazy how much different this situation feels. Now, I'm not saying that this means that the Chiefs are automatically going to go on to win the Super Bowl. I don't mean that at all. All I'm saying is things are lining up. And I believe, listen, just as the the, um, Chiefs took a loss here in Tennessee twice now Mike Vrabel is uh Mike Vrabel is Owen uh, 2 and 0 rather against Andy Reid in Nashville and of course 2 and 1 given that the loss came in the AFC Championship game in that 19 playoff run so it is deja vu a little bit what does this mean says Chris Johnson well it here's what it means it means that the Chiefs I don't know what it means that the that those two things have happened now in two different seasons in a way that the last loss that they took before going on to win the Super Bowl was in Tennessee and the fact that they've lost in Tennessee again and now won eight straight games. I don't know if those Titans losses actually have anything to do with anything. But what I do know is that the Chiefs are a completely different team. Chiefs are a completely different team than the one that played here in Nashville. You saw how poorly... Their defense played. You saw how wretched Patrick Mahomes was in the in that game back in week seven. Now, I don't think that Pat, all the issues with Patrick Mahomes, I don't think they're outright fixed. And I do believe that a better team than the Steelers, which we'll get to when we talk about embarrassing losses, I do believe that a better team than the Steelers can keep things close and, in fact, beat this Chiefs team, even though their defense is spectacular and they still have Patrick Mahomes. There are some clear and obvious flaws with this football team that that 19 team didn't have. And we'll spend some more time on that here in just a second. Uh, Taylor S. Hurst says, you're discrediting how our defense played them, Buck. Well, no, I'm not. I didn't discredit the defense. All I said all I said was that Patrick Mahomes and the offense were wretched. And they were. They were very, very bad. They were very, very bad in the weeks leading up to that. And, and if you're saying that I'm discrediting the, discrediting the Titans at the time when the Chiefs, what did that make them? Was that three and four when they lost to the Titans? Did that drop them to three and four? Yes, I yes, it did. Three and four. So that would mean that the four other teams that beat Kansas City up, or excuse me, the three other teams that beat Kansas City up to that point, that I would be discrediting their defense as well. And I'm not doing that. I'm just saying they took advantage of a bad Chiefs team. Titans took a bad, took advantage of a bad Chiefs team. Titans were much healthier at that point. Derrick Henry played a, a phenomenal game. I'm not saying that the pressure that Danico Autry and Jeff Simmons putting a knee in Patrick Mahomes' neck basically uh, didn't have something to do with that game. But what I will tell you is the flaws with that Chiefs team then and what the flaws with that Chiefs team now are the same. They can't pass protect for Mahomes in a way that previous offensive lines for Kansas City have been able to do. This offensive line, in fact, is not built to pass protect for Mahomes the way that he needs them to if he's going to make spectacular otherworldly plays. So what I'm saying is that I'm not discrediting them. I'm just saying they were a bad football team, and now they're no longer a bad football team. Taylor says, uh, so we beat them because they were bad and not because we were good. No, I think both things can be so, Taylor. You're the one operating in extremes here. I'm just telling you what the facts are. The facts are that at the time, 
they were literally they were literally the worst defense in the sport. Do do you not recall? They were coming off a loss to the Buffalo Bills. They were at home, in fact. I believe that was Sunday night football because I think I was watching that from my hotel room in Jacksonville after the Titans had beat the Jags. I remember watching that Bills game and saying, oh my God, their defense is the worst. And then I went and looked at the numbers on them. And at the time, they were worst in th- in terms of points per game allowed. They were worst in terms of yards per play allowed. Patrick Mahomes was a little bit gun shy. He wasn't taking open checkdowns down the field. There are so many different things about that Chiefs team that sucked. Their defense was terrible. Their defense was the worst. And Mahomes at the time was not playing good football. They lost because they were bad. And you beat them because you you were better. That's not operating in extremes. That's giving you the factual analysis of what that game was, Taylor. Now, if you want to ignore that, and if you want to go full homer on me, you're entirely entitled to do so. And you can defend that position. And I'm not like, I'm not down. I'm not disparaging you like, like, oh, it's so bad that you're a homer. I just think you're looking at it like a Titans fan. And you're saying, well, give us the due respect. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think we're having a civil conversation here. All I'm saying to you is that that ignores just how bad, I mean, the Chiefs were literally the worst defense in football. Literally the worst defense in football. Let's make no mistake about that. Um, fights breaking out on the Washington sideline right now, Buck. Are they really? Well, they're, I mean, they're down by 21 points. I'd be pissy and miserable too, especially on the road in Dallas, because you know that the football team is not wel- welcome there. Uh, Ryan Fields says, Buck, you're a member of the media. How does Big Jeff and Fulton and Landry not get Pro Bowl nods? Well, actually, you know, I mean, we, di- we didn't talk about the Pro Bowl, Ryan, because I didn't have a show that night, if I recall correctly. Um, no, we did a show on Wednesday. We did a show about the Pro Bowl snubs, right? Um, that the, they Big Jeff, at least. Big Jeff led uh, defensive tackles, or at least he was second Aaron Donald, um, as far as defensive tackles were concerned, in the fan vote. So fans couldn't have done anything else. Um, the other two-thirds of that voting equation are players and coaches, and the players and coaches didn't vote Big Jeff the best in his position. And that's because it's flawed because players and coaches don't watch these guys unless they're game planning for them during the season. So they don't really know what's happening in the season other than they know who's been good and who they fear the most when they're putting down, together their game plans. It's like the NFL's top 100. These guys don't know. They're working on Sundays, right? So it's not like they're seeking out Big Jeff film if they're playing a game against the Philadelphia Eagles on Sunday. It's just, you know, it's a, it's a stupid thing about the Pro Bowl. Anyway, um... Right, Frank Griffin says, sounds like ESPN always explaining how other teams lost rather than how we won. Frank Griffin, um, one, uh, ESPN and I play a totally different game. Now, I've got a lot of friends at ESPN. I have a lot of respect for my friends at ESPN. I don't know everybody at ESPN, but I'm sure there's a lot of good people doing a lot of good work there. And also, I know their rating system is different than mine. I talk about the Titans, A to Z Sports, Hyper Local, the radio show that I do here in Nashville on 104.5 The Zone, literally the flagship home of Titans football, Hyper hyper Local. ESPN has to play to a a different constituency. Their fans are, their audience, their bigger audiences are in New York, LA, Chicago, other big media markets. You are not a big media market. We are not a big media market. I am not in a big media market. I don't work in a big media market. I'm here to talk about your team. They're here to talk about the teams that gather the most interest, which is every team 
outside, well, not every team outside of your team, but your team isn't one of the ones that Gardner's most interest. And you know this by now, Frank. So don't disparage ESPN. And by the way, don't disparage my analysis because I've just given you the analysis. A good team beat a bad team at the time. Titans were a good team. Chiefs were a bad team. Chiefs found millions of different ways to lose that game. Titans did what good football teams do and take advantage of those mistakes. Simple as that. Like you don't, you don't need a, you don't need a kiss on the forehead every time you blow a bad team out, right? Do you, are you interested, Frank? You do, you don't strike me as somebody who's super interested in participation trophies. And I'm not saying that beating the Chiefs isn't a big deal, but at the time they were literally the worst, and you beat them. Good for you. Week seven. What does week seven matter? That's a totally different football team. The Chiefs at the time, totally different football team. Titans. Different, completely different at who they are now and who they were then. Injuries happen. COVID happens. Millions of different things happen, Frank. So if you want to do your analysis in a wind tunnel, again, you're doing yourself a disservice because you're not actually acknowledging what's happening or why it happened. And if you don't like that, I mean, I can't tell you anything else, Frank. So all I got to say to you is eat it. That's, that's, that's the analysis. Eat it. Who is the biggest threat to the Titans in the AFC right now? Give me your response on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch. We'll talk about it together, and you'll hear from the team or the quarterback of the team, who I believe to be the biggest threat, here in just a second, right after I tell you about our friends at DraftKings Sportsbook. Now, DraftKings Sportsbook has a great offer for you. Um, Even though Christmas week is almost over, the Christmas week offer is still active and live right now. Dallas just scored, by the way, 34-7. to It is still Christmas week, and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA, has a gift that will certainly put you in the holiday spirit. New customers can bet just $5 on any NBA team and win $150 in free bets if they're victorious. It's a great way to put some extra jingle in your pocket. Holiday's not done just yet, by the way. New Year's still on the horizon. All DraftKings Sportsbook customers can also get in the Christmas spirit with the holiday free bet surprise. This by the way, is still live. Everyone with will get a free bet up to 50 bucks instantly as DraftKings gives away up to $10 million in prizes. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code A to Z Sports. Bet just $5 on any NBA team and win $150 in free bets if they're victorious. That's promo code A to Z Sports this Christmas week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Must be 21 or older, Tennessee only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call or text the Tennessee Red Line, 1-800-889-9789. By the way, I went 3-1 and one on my DraftKings sportsbook prop bets today in the NFL, and if Matt Stafford hadn't thrown three damn interceptions, I would have gone 4-0. So you can uh, follow along on social media if that is your kind of bag. So, who's the biggest threat to the Titans in the AFC right now? Easy says KC, maybe. D09 Motivation on YouTube says it's the Colts. Um, <laughs> Darren Osis on Facebook Live says the Titans, we beat ourselves at time. And that's probably good analysis because you, we've seen them go nuclear, what, three out of the five losses that they have on the season. But the thing about the Titans is that they are a well-coached football team. And when they have their playmakers out there, they're able to be above average, right? That uh, the combination of good coaching and they do have a lot of talented players when they're healthy, obviously puts you in the 
category of contender. Now, the AFC's got a lot more contenders, and some of it kind of got thinned out today um, with, for example, the Ravens taking a loss and kind of spiraling a little bit. They didn't have Lamar Jackson. They didn't have Tyler Huntley. Um, or is it is it Tyler Huntley? Forgive me, Huntley, the the quarterback. Um, I, I can't I can't think of Ty. I, I want to say it's Tyler, but I'm not certain. Regardless, Baltimore's having a hard time. There's a lot of different teams in the AFC who kind of got weeded out in week 16. Titans are ramping up at the correct time with Bud Dupree coming back and Julio Jones finishing games and AJ Brown uh, setting NFL records for the first time in 40 years or even longer. We don't know because they weren't keeping stats past 1978. So there's a lot of good things that the Titans are doing right now, but the biggest threat to them, I would have to say, is the man who sounds like he's got a little ketchup stuck in his throat, but he's out there slinging it right now for the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if there's any uh, benefit from it. I think it was just we just we went through our reads the same way. Uh, we put guys in position uh, in position to succeed, um, and they stepped up and made those plays happen. I mean, uh, a lot of those routes sometimes are Tyreek or sometimes are Travis, and they they seem like they're always making plays happen. Um, we threw we threw guys like Pringle, guys like McCall, guys like Noah into those positions, and they made plays happen um, and kind of filled that role the best they could. And then I realized that you said on Wednesday that you didn't want your preparation to change because those guys may or may not play. Did it really work out that way? I mean, not even minor things changed throughout your game planning this week? Uh, not necessarily. I mean, I just went through my preparation like I usually would. Um, in this league, you're not going to have your every one of your guys every single week. So guys have to step up. Um, and that's why we built the receiving room. We built the tight end room. And then we built the running back room the way we've built it. It's so that whenever guys get their opportunities, they can step up and make plays happen. Um, and so I'm just gonna go through the reads. I'm going to find the open guy. And, uh, we have a lot of good players in this team. that are gonna make plays happen. So that is Patrick Mahomes, who was victorious along with the rest of the Kansas city chiefs today with a blowout victory, 36 to 10. And frankly, the game wasn't even that close 36 to 10 over Ben Roethlisberger and the Pittsburgh Steelers. Alex Blaine man says it's Kermit the Frog. He does sound like Kermit the Frog. He, he comes from someplace in Texas that I think is super close to Louisiana, and that's where that that uh, that voice comes from. Kermit the baby goat, says Alex M. Yeah, he's, he's still a bad man, right? And when he's getting the adequate protection, and they had a run game, unlike any that I've seen from them in the last couple of weeks. He's got 30 touchdowns. He played an exceptional game today. The, uh, the well, Clyde, Clyde Edwards-Alaire did get, injured and they did have to finish with Damian or excuse me Daryl Williams as their leading rusher today Mahomes was 23 of 30 258 three touchdowns he was out there getting and that was without Travis Kelsey who missed today's game with the uh in the COVID protocol so they've won eight straight their defense is as good as any in professional football right now if they come to Nashville they don't do well in Nashville. Patrick Mahomes is 0-2 in Nashville. There's not a lot of teams, when both sides are healthy, that I think threaten the Titans that way. But I think a whole hell of a lot of how much farther the Kansas City Chiefs have come along. I do think, though, that one of the teams to best, who that one of the teams best equipped to beat them is the Tennessee Titans based on how, how these two teams play and based on how much pressure the Titans get with four and how bad the Chiefs offensive line is in pass pro. Because that's one thing that, you know, since the Chiefs lost in 
week seven here in Tennessee. That's the one thing that hasn't changed. That offensive line isn't any better getting protecting Patrick Mahomes. The difference, though, with Mahomes is that he's being more disciplined as a passer. He's not trying to extend the play and make incredible third down conversions, you know, rolling to his left, throwing off his back foot. If he's throwing it lefty, if he's curving it around defenders to try and get it to players like he's taking more reasonable he's taking what the defense is giving you basically which is a different kind of discipline something that Ryan Tannehill does really well something that Tom Brady has done well his entire career take the six yards take the seven yard completion keep the chains moving and today they had an exceptional run game so with all that being said I do think uh I do think that the uh, the Kansas City Kansas City Chiefs are the biggest threat to the Titans, I do think, though, that if Kansas City has to come here and Jeffrey Simmons, Bud Dupree, Harold Landry, and Danico Autry, if they're all healthy, I think that the Titans have as good a chance to knock the Chiefs off as anybody in pro football. I really do believe that. I think, I honestly think that the Titans have the best four-man pass rush in the sport right now as we sit here at the almost end of Week 16. There will be a Monday night football game played tomorrow night. Who's the biggest threat to the Titans in the AFC? Uh, let me know on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch. Uh, Jets, Jets and Texans game bite us. Now, I know the te- the Texans, man, the Texans blew, blew out the the uh, the uh, Los Angeles Chargers today in Houston. I was shocked. 40, no, I'm sorry, that I uh, that was the Ravens-Bengals uh, score. No, 41 points still, the Houston Texans scored. 29 for the Chargers. They got smoked jets the jets beat the jags today too so maybe they're not looking like the worst losses but i mean the jets gave up one of the worst rushing touchdowns i've ever seen um by zach wilson it was an abomination jets or uh, jaguars and and steelers defense felt like basically gave up playing football today uh Tannehill needs protection bucks says chris johnson well listen if for all the criticism of todd downing i thought the protection plan that Todd Downing had put into place in the second half, um, I thought it was I thought it was exceptional. I really did, and I think Todd Downing deserves a ton of credit. And you may not like that, you may not be interested in that, but I promise you, go back and watch that game. If you don't want to do it, then I I don't think you're in a position to criticize. They did really really well to help keep Tannehill as upright as humanly possible, given the fact that they were working with you know basically an entire replacement left side and a rookie making his first start, and still. They gave up four sacks to uh, to the 49ers. The 49ers have a good pass rush, and that could have been much, much worse. So let's uh, let's move on, and let's talk about embarrassing losses that the Titans have taken this year, right? Because this is interesting, given what the rest of the NFL looks like right now. I don't think I don't think the uh, I don't think the Jets' losses is as embarrassing as you might have thought it was back when it happened in Week Three or Week Four, if I recall. Um, Alex M says, I miss going nine and seven. Why? This is so much more fun, Alex. Why would you want to go? Why would you want to go nine and seven? What what is appealing about nine and seven? Do you do you enjoy the week 17? Or I guess in this year, week 18? Do you enjoy the win and end? Do you enjoy the stress of that? I can't imagine you do. What is appealing to you about that particular situation? I can't imagine why. I mean, unless I'm being unless I'm being uh, trolled there, why you would enjoy going nine and seven. Because nine and seven, nine and seven, frankly, is a terrible place to exist. It mean, means you have a winning season. Means you were an above average team, and they did it. What they did it four consecutive years, going nine and seven, and now they're six consecutive winning seasons. 
So it's a good turn uh, from from where they have been. But uh, yeah, miss going nine and seven. No, thank you. No, thank you. What was the most embarrassing loss? Because I think your opinion might have changed based on how week 16 played out. I think you might reevaluate the Houston Texans and the New York Jets um, after the Titans lost to those two teams. We'll talk about it together right after I tell you about our friends um, at the Ashton Real Estate Group of Remax Advantage. The official real estate agent of the Tennessee Titans is GaryAshton.com. Gary has all the intel in Middle Tennessee, all of it, the best intel in Middle Tennessee. You can find it at GaryAshton.com. They're the official real estate agent of the Titans for a reason, of the Nashville Predators for a reason, and of me because I love the Ashton team because they help me find my first home. It's literally perfect. I could not imagine a more perfect dream address without the stress than I got through the Ashton team. And if you're in the market to sell, you can sell for more using the intel that the Ashton Real Estate Group has for you. Also, Gary Ashton has a tailgate because he's the official real estate agent of the Titans. It's right in front of the south end zone at Nissan Stadium. It's be the last Gary Ashton, well, regular season, last regular season. We'll see if they host home playoff games. But the last regular season, Gary Ashton tailgate will be right off the pedestrian bridge as you're coming from downtown from Lower Broadway. You can hang out uh, with Gary. You can hang out tailgate, cornhole, music, food. Uh, we at Luke Worsham and myself will be there doing a, a pregame, pregame broadcast, a pregame pop-up from the Ashton tailgate. So if you stop by, we'd love to say hi. Love to see all of you guys at the Ashton Real Estate Group of Remax Advantage at GaryAshton.com. So what's the worst loss the Titans have taken this year? Because I had to really reevaluate how I felt about this after I watched uh, a lot of football today. Here's the thing, though. I So I'm I have... I have, what, three Sundays a year where I have the ability to watch Red Zone because I'm not working. When the Titans play a Monday night football game, when the Titans play a Thursday night football game, or when the Titans have a bye. Those are my three Sundays that I get off during the football season. Bye week, Monday night, Thursday night, when the Titans have games. So, obviously, they play Thursday night. I was, I was hype, so hype to watch Red Zone. I never get to watch Red Zone. I pay for Red Zone, and I never get to watch it. So I sat down today to watch Red Zone, and lo and behold, every channel on my television worked except the NFL Red Zone. So I stuck with one particular game today. One particular game today. I watched the Bills and the Patriots. That ended up getting a lot closer at the end. The Bills did the Titans a solid in beating New England, and, uh, and then CBS went to the afternoon game. They went to the Steelers at Kansas City. And I watched that game, and I thought over and over and over again, how in the hell, how in the hell, even without A.J. Brown, even without Derrick Henry, and even without Julio Jones for the second half, how the hell did the Tennessee Titans lose to that Pittsburgh Steelers team? They are atrocious. I thought that the Houston Texans loss by the Titans, I thought it was the worst that they'd taken all season. I truly did. Until I watched, until I have seen now, what is this? Is this two Pittsburgh Steelers games? No, one Pittsburgh Steelers game. One that I watched in its entirety. Like I'd seen people tweeting about Ben being washed, and I'd watched some Steelers games leading up to the Titans playing the Steelers just to kind of get familiar 
with what they what they do and who they are right now. And, you know, I knew that they weren't all that impressive offensively, but I thought that there was a lot of problems that Ben would be able to still cover up at his age. And also they had a solid defense until today. I mean, my God, my God, Kansas City ran all over them. And Ben could do nothing. Ben was running for his life at 40, what what is Ben? 40, Ben's 40 years old at this point, running for his life because his offensive line's not any good. Defense, just no no effort in stopping the run today against Kansas City. I don't ever accuse professional football players of not showing effort, but it felt like they just didn't have it in them. And I watched that game almost in its entirety, except for the pa- except for the part where CBS even thought it was such a bad game that they switched away from it for maybe 10 minutes just to watch Derek Carr take a couple of kneel downs en route to the Raiders beating the Broncos today. <laughs> I could not believe watching that game that the Tennessee Titans lost to this Pittsburgh Steelers team. The Steelers lost for the Titans. It's the worst one of the year by far. Disappointing game for us. Uh, we didn't do enough in any of the three phases to give ourselves a chance. Um, you know, on offense, we turned the ball over. Um, we've had our struggles on offense, but when we take care of the ball, we, gives our, we give ourselves a chance. We didn't. I think we had three of those tonight. Uh, that was catastrophic. We didn't get necessary stops on defense when we got put on the short field, and largely we didn't win enough of the weighty downs, uh, possession downs, red zone, uh, et cetera. Um, not enough splashing teams. Um, you know, this is a collective uh, players and coaches, man, we own this. Um, now we transition and we get singularly focused on, on our two division games. Uh, we can't cry over the spilt milk. It is what it is tonight. We understand that. Um, we better center our focus and put together our best efforts in, a, in an effort to, to secure victory next Monday night. And so that's what we briefly talked about in the locker room. Um, it's so bad. It's so bad. Not just because of who the Steelers are right now, not just because of who the Steelers are right now, but because of what that did in the postseason race, right? Because the Titans had the ability to claim the one seed by beating that stinky Steelers team at the time. Now, maybe we have no idea uh, to do the analysis in retrospect. Uh, a million different things can happen when you run that through a hypothetical machine. And maybe the Titans, if they beat the Steelers, they lose to the 49ers and on and on it goes, right? We have no idea. But for the time that they had, the ability to clinch, not clinch the one seed, but reclaim the one seed for the fact that they moved the ball well against the Steelers and just collapsed as far as turnovers were concerned. And the fact that the Steelers had 168 yards of offense and won the football game only by six, only by six. But at the time you had zero confidence that the Titans could come back and score a touchdown in the fourth quarter to reclaim that lead against the Steelers or to tie it up. The Steelers lost by the Tennessee Titans this year, especially after watching this game against the Chiefs. It's the worst one. It's the worst one by a mile. Uh, you can be pissed about the te- Texans. You can be mad that you lost to the at the time the winless Jets. You can be salty because Arizona dummied you in the season opener when they were at full strength, and you can go back and nitpick uh, nitpick the Patriots' loss because you had the ability to lo- to win that game too, and you lost it because again you had four turnovers by each person who carried the ball. Losing to the Pittsburgh Steelers was a complete meltdown, implosion, choke job from all different angles of things. That is what makes it, in retrospect, the worst loss of the season. The Tennessee Titans are in a different place now 
simply because they have A.J. Brown back. My God, what a difference number 11 makes in this offense. There's just so many different reasons why that Steelers loss sucked. So that's the most embarrassing. Upon further review, there have been some bad losses for the Titans this year. And listen, double-digit wins. They, uh, If they beat the Dolphins, they clinch their back-to-back division title. They've never done it before in franchise history. So they're still in a great spot. Still in a great spot. But for all of those things, you go back through and you say, yeah, um, that if if anything happens as far as you're, you get right there close to the one seed and it slips away because of that Steelers loss, that's, that's the one that's going to stick in your crawl a little longer because of how badly that went and how much it meant at the time of the season. Um, Joshua Johnson says, we need to bring back Logan Ryan and Adoree Jackson. What? Joshua. Is Adoree, is, are, are, are either of those guys even playing football right now? Logan Ryan, last I heard, was hosting a podcast. The Giants, I think, uh, <laughs> I, I, I don't know. Um, I don't know if Logan Ryan is even playing football right now. Did he play this week? Okay, I don't know that he played this week. The last game that he played in was on December 19th in a loss to Dallas. He's played in 12 games this year. How many games is Adoree Jackson? Adoree, I feel like, has missed some time. So Logan Ride's playing in 12. Adoree Jackson has played in less. Adoree Jackson has played in 11. And he does not have, he has one interception on the season. He's a pick of Tom Brady in a 30 to 10 loss. Adore is not playing good football right now. What the hell kind of comment is that, Josh? What are you talking about? You need Logan Wright. Do you not see Christian Fulton? Uh, Buster Screen is playing good football for you. Jackrabbit Jenkins had the pick that saved your game against the 49ers. There is no question about that. He kept you from flat from flatlining. Um, Adore Jackson, Logan Ryan, what? You are, you are, I hope, I hope that you are drinking, Josh, because that's the only explanation that I can understand. All right, let's move on because it's nine o'clock and I want to get you guys back to your Sunday evening and we appreciate the time that you spend with us. Let's do this as a free site in the comments on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch. Let me know in the comment section. Uh, (laughs) This is a blanket statement and I don't know how many people have seen this clip. But it is, uh, it is. I think, I think it is a good conversation for Titans fans because there was a time when you almost signed this guy, when you were seeking to sign this guy in free agency, and he's a Super Bowl champion, and he's playing on a team that is very much a Super Bowl contender and won today, uh, using his skill set to help lift his team to great heights. The question that I have for you for this is a free site. The best thing that I saw on social media this week after his team won 32-6 to against Carolina today. I want to know, do you think Antonio Brown is worth the headache? If, it, if the Titans back, what was that, prior to the 2019 season, when it was them, the Raiders, and I believe the Washington football team who was interested in signing Antonio Brown, do you wish that they had done it? Because this is a situation where Antonio Brown is – fresh off a game, uh, or come back, come back for the first time after missing a couple of games. He had a fake vaccination card, but helped carry his team to a win today. He does have a Super Bowl to his name with Tom Brady. He's clearly a a hugely talented uh, player. Do you think Antonio Brown is worth the headache? And I'm sure 
a lot of people. Uh, I think this is going to be an interesting conversation because I want to play for a clip for you, a clip for you here in just a second. Um, right after I tell you about Brymac Mechanical, B-R-Y-M-A-K, Brymac.com, satisfaction guaranteed on all of your HVAC needs. Brymac Mechanical has you covered. They have three locations in Tennessee and in Kentucky to make sure it is that you get exactly what you need, whether it's commercial HVAC work, whether it's residential at your home. Brymac Mechanical will get you in your comfort zone. It's what they want to do. They will do it as soon as you call. They are incredibly uh, they are incredibly helpful. Their customer service is unmatched. Chris Hamby, Miss Sherry, they do a fantastic job. It's a family-owned business here in Middle Tennessee, and they get it done. B-R-Y-M-A-K, Brymac Mechanical at Brymac.com. All right, free site. Is Antonio Brown worth the headache? So Antonio Brown today, uh, in a big win, a divisional win for the Bucks. Over the Carolina Panthers, Antonio Brown recorded 10 receptions, 101 yards. He'd missed a couple games because of his fake vaccination card, and he's back better than ever. They won their division today for the first time since 2007, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers did, and Antonio Brown was a big part of it. They were able to move the ball down the field with the fact that a lot of Brady's skill position players are banged up. And so... You know, this comes back to a local conversation because I, I remember being at the Combine in 2019, Indianapolis. We were all in uh, in Prime 47. It's a great bar in Indy where everybody hangs out. Coaches, players, well, not players, um, well, some players, former players, agents, uh, media members. We're all there in Indy for all one purpose because we're all swirling around the Combine and the pre-draft process, right? And everybody goes out that whole week while we're in Indianapolis. So we're at Prime 47 and... The news drops, and it was like 9.30 at night, 10.30 at night. Three teams interested in Antonio Brown. This is when he was a free agent or after he had asked and gotten his release from, from Pittsburgh. Three teams interested in Antonio Brown. Raiders, who ended up signing him, the Washington football team, and the Tennessee Titans. And I remember sitting there thinking, okay, I mean, this is a lot of talent. It's a team that could use some help in the skill positions. Uh, this was this was before they drafted A.J. Brown, who obviously is spectacular, wide receiver one. But this was before they ended up drafting A.J., so you're sitting there thinking, all right, they definitely need some help. Antonio Brown would help. And this was before he went like batshit crazy, right? This was before he froze his, the bottoms of his feet off in Raiders training camp at a, like a French cryotherapy chamber. This was before he was putting out hype videos of an internal conversation between him and John Gruden about why he's being absent from the team, and he's calling uh, uh, calling Mike Mayock, the Raiders' general manager, a mother bleeper, and all these different things. Right? This was before Antonio Brown went really crazy. And I remember sitting there thinking, like, all right, John and Mike, you think you got this? I respect it. Go out and try and win, even if he's questionable, like, from a human, just a general good person standpoint, he's definitely questionable. A lot of questionable things about Antonio Brown. Do you think he's worth it? Anthony Hill says, absolutely. Josh immediately says, nope. Linares, forgive me if I've mispronounced it, Miss Linares. She says, no. Um, Anthony just says 101 yards. Yes, again. Orlando agrees. Shamari agrees. Ken Kaniff agrees. Kendrell agrees. 
Andrew Reed says, no, he's not a fit in Nashville. And you know, this is, we're, we're very, we're very much past this at this point. And Andrew's right. It would be, it would, I would clean up as far as easy news stories for Antonio Brown, because he's just gotten out of the news again, right? He had a fake vaccination card. It caused him to miss a couple of games. Comes back today, balls out. And uh, Bruce Arians understands that they need him. Tom Brady understands that they need him. Do I think he's worth it? Because yeah, it would have been a great news story to have this as a part of a press conference for the Titans. Can you imagine? This was from Antonio Brown's post-game press conference today where ESPN, uh, Jenna Lane, who's uh, I've only met her once when the Titans had joint training camp practices. Jenna seems like she's great at her job, a really thorough reporter. She does a good job to kind of follow up with Antonio Brown because Zoom has limited, uh, COVID has limited our availability to the players for how often we get to talk to them. So Antonio Brown's back. He's back from a suspension caused by a fake vaccination card. And Jenna wants to ask him after the game about it because he hasn't answered any questions about it. This was Antonio Brown today. Hey, Antonio, congrats. Um, I know Coach Arians had told you when you came to this team, you know, you screw up one time and, and you're done. And some people would deem what happened as a screw up, but Coach Arians stood by your side and, and he brought you back. Just what did it mean for you after being here for a year to have a coach Next question. standing in your corner? Next question. We just want to talk about this game. We don't, we don't want to waste no time with you guys writing in bogus. Res respectfully, respectfully, yeah. Antonio, we haven't talked to you yet. We haven't yeah, talked to you I don't want to talk time. about that. You, got, you guys is all drama. It's all about football. We, we didn't talk about Carolina. I don't want to talk to you guys. So he's going to make headlines yet again with that press conference. And, you know, good. Like, I know people don't like media. I, I know a lot of you guys don't like us. Uh, I get why you don't like us. I think most of you think we cause more trouble than we're worth, even though the work that we're trying to do is, uh, I, even though the work that we try to do is to get you guys more information and to get questions answered. Um, now, maybe you would agree with Antonio Brown that that's not the setting to talk to him about it. But frankly, we don't get the opportunity. Like if, if they had locker room availability, once again, we haven't been in locker rooms in two years as, as sports media, we wouldn't have to ask him. Jenna wouldn't have to ask him a get a question like that at a post-game press conference. If we had open locker room availability, it's a completely reasonable question for Jenna to ask. Maybe it's not, maybe it's not the setting that you would agree in, but again, you don't understand. You don't understand how much our work environments have changed. We're just trying to get the answers to the questions that, frankly, I think matter. That's newsworthy. Bruce Arians sticking by Antonio Brown after he came out with a fake vaccination card. That's a meaningful, newsworthy story. That's a that's a piece of the conversation around Antonio Brown. And because of the way that media availability has been limited, we don't get to ask him that before the game. That's our opportunity. You know, I'm not in the Bucks media, but if that happened here. That would also be our opportunity to talk to him about it. And so when Antonio Brown handles it the way that he does, I feel like a lot of people are on his side. I completely, and you know, I, I get why people think that way. Cause you know, you don't have, you don't do our jobs, right? You don't, you don't care how you get the information. You just care that you get the information and maybe you don't even care that we don't get as much information as we used to because our access has been limited. But I think that there's a lot of different elements to this that I think are interesting. Rodney Watson wants me to show it again. It, it is it is a pretty interesting dynamic because it lets you guys know how much um, 
you know, how much more difficult it has been and how it becomes so much more combative with players when we only have so many opportunities to ask questions that need to be asked. Orlando says PK would be the one to ask the question. Shit, I'd ask that question 1,000%. I know my buddy Joe Rex, Paul Paul would ask that question. Teron would ask that question. Joe Rex Road would ask that question. Teresa Walker would ask that question. Without, Without a doubt. All of us. That's a massive question in a for a player who is of national note, who there's a lot of people who want to hear his answer to that. How does it feel to have your coach back you after you kind of betrayed his trust again with a fake vaccination card? That's a legitimate conversation. So I'll show the video again, and maybe it changes your opinion, maybe it doesn't. Hey, Antonio, congrats. Um I know Coach Arians had told you when you came to this team, you know, you screw up one time and, and you're done. And some people would deem what happened as a screw up, but Coach Arians stood by your side and, and he brought you back. Just what did it mean for you after being here for a year to have a coach Next question. standing in your corner? Next question. We just want to talk about this game. We don't, we don't want to waste no time with you guys writing in bogus. Res- respectfully, respectfully, yeah. Antonio, we haven't talked to you yet. We haven't yeah, talked to you I don't want to talk time. about that. You got you guys is all drama. It's all about football. We, we didn't talk about Carolina. I don't want to talk to you guys. So that's Antonio Brown. And this is why it's relevant. Because, and maybe not everybody's following the Buccaneers that way. But Bruce Arian said when they brought Antonio Brown in, if he screws up once, he's gone. And then everybody got hurt, and Bruce Arians was like, yeah, we'll bring him back. I'm not saying it wouldn't happen in 31 other football teams. But, again, that that people don't understand that that's a question that needs to be asked. And, unfortunately, that's the setting that it has to be asked because that's how much more limited the the availability has gotten. I think it's a completely reasonable question, even if the situation isn't ideal. Right. Uh, Randy says Zach from the morning show would ask that question. Zach Zach would be the last one to ask that question (laughs) because I, you know, I don't know how much Zach talks about his, uh, his personal beliefs. Zach would be the last person. I promise you, Zach would be the last person to ask that question. Uh, (laughs) but it's funny that you think that, um, the man messes up and don't want to answer questions about his mess up. That's what I'm saying. Like here's, and, and maybe this is, maybe this is just me. And maybe I'm on, on the losing side of the argument because you guys are the majority. You guys dictate what's good, what's popular, whatever. Um, but I just, I don't like the idea that when a dude screws up in, in today's, like the way that the NFL works, he doesn't have to be held accountable for his screw ups. And maybe that's self-important to think that media is there to, you know, is the only people to hold Antonio Brown accountable. He's got teammates to hold him accountable. He's got a coaching staff to hold him accountable. But I do think that there is a value. It's just accountability, right? And so I hate that the accountability has been kind of neutralized by the fact that we're all sitting in line on a Zoom call and we're having to raise our hands. And if Antonio wants to shut it down, all he has to do is hit the mute button, right? I mean, he, he all but hit the mute button on Jenna Lane. And I don't like that. I don't think that's right. Maybe it's just because it's my job and I care about the kind of work that's being done. Maybe I'm alone in that, but I do think that clip is pretty telling about, I mean, if you guys, you guys get frustrated all the time when Mike Vrabel doesn't answer the questions that you want, that you want answers to. 
Um, and so in that same light, if there was a serious infraction, if there were serious questions that needed to be asked of Mike Vrabel or Derrick Henry or, and not, not that anybody, not that any of these people are Antonio Brown, but there's a lot of, there's a lot of scenarios in which you guys would want the answers to those questions. And I just think, uh, I just think that that that's kind of gone away and I hate that. Uh, Derek R says, Oh no, media, poor media got shut down. I mean, listen, Derek, it ends up being your law. And maybe again, maybe you don't care. I think it ends up being your loss if there's not as much media coverage or if there's not as good a media coverage. And again, people hate media right now. That's the product of the last, basically, I'd say the product of the last at least six years of, of my life. It just, people have started to hate the media in ways that are weird to me when, and, and some of, some of it's, some of it's earned, right? Like there's some, there's some people who've done a bad job doing reporting and have who've betrayed that trust. And so a lot of that's earned, but for the most, uh, for the most part, you know, I think there's a lot of good people just out there trying to do good work and get answers, uh, for you. That's, I mean, I do this job because you guys want to talk about sports and I'm the person who goes to sport, goes to sporting events and goes to practices and stuff like that. So we're here to facilitate that conversation. Would, Would you feel that way? If I wasn't able to give you, uh, if I wasn't able to give you as good of information, maybe you wouldn't care. Um, Amy Vining says, why is media back to zoom? Notice Frable was on zoom on Friday. Yeah. Mike, Fray, all our Monday press conferences are going to be on zoom with Frable, but God bless the Titans. They're keeping a lot of stuff in person. We just have to, you know, make sure that we're socially distanced and there's a limited amount of people that can attend. Like I'm, I'm tier two. Uh, I'm a tier two media member. Um, tier two are allowed to like go to the fence line and interview the players from six feet away. And if you're not tier two, you can't be like around the players at all. You can't sit in front of Mike Vrabel at a press conference. Um, I'm cool with the media, but y'all need to be respectful when a player says he doesn't want to answer. Respect that. Don't pick. In certain circumstances, sure, Derek. Like if it's if it's about us, if it's about a topic that doesn't need to be pressed on, but like that's a topic that needs to be pressed on. The dude faked a vax card, right? Like that need that needs to be dug into a little bit. And that's not even a. He's not even asking a. She's not even asking a hard question. She's just like, "Hey, your coach stuck by you. Talk about it." And he's like, "Next." And he just makes it a complete and total shit show for no reason. Um. Anyway. That's is is he worth the headache? Yeah, he's probably worth the headache. That's that's the larger question on this primetime show. Is Antonio Brown pain in the ass though he might be, and you know clearly dishonest <laughs> about a lot of things? Is he worth the headache? Hell yeah, because Antonio Brown can win you a Super Bowl whether you like him or not. Uh, all right, that's gonna do it for us on this Sunday night. I am going to do primetime tomorrow. I'm not going to do radio tomorrow. I'm taking the day off because I did radio on Christmas Eve after the Titans game. So, Rep. Brian and Titans legend Kevin Dyson, they're going to be filling in for me from 10 to 1 on 104.5 The Zone. I'm going to be on Mike Vrabel's Zoom call at 11 o'clock, though. I'm taking the day off radio, but I'm not taking the day off work. So, I'm going to be on Mike's Zoom call. I'll make sure we have great coverage for you uh, from that. And certainly I'll be uh, working on a couple of different stories because things are starting to get spicy. And the Titans now, if they beat the Dolphins, they win the division. And things are trending well for Derrick Henry, which we'll tell you about more later this week. Enjoy the rest of your night. Enjoy what remains your weekend. Thank you guys, as always. These are always fun conversations. They're always super respectful conversations. You guys are the best because of that. I love having you here. I'm so happy that you all had a great holiday. Continue to stay safe. 
If you're still with your family, enjoy that time together. And uh, we'll talk to you tomorrow night on A to Z Sports Prime Time.